happy you're here. Thanks. I don't know how many people are on. My washing yeah. machine, right, by the way, is in the spin cycle right now. So if you hear this loud sound in the background of me, that's, it's almost done, but. I can't hear it. Okay. It's loud <laughs> to me. <laughs> anyway, I would like to open up because we're just going to do a quick hour. I'd like you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself. And sure. then we're going to throw a whole slew of questions your way. And um, that's how we're going to fly. So, Sydney, take it away. Um, okay. So, let's see. I've been casting for almost 20 years. Um, I started at Ulrich Dawson Kutzer. I was there for 10 years with working for Eric Dawson. And mm -hmm. um, pretty much taught me everything I know in... Um, I think it was like seven years ago or so, I, I partnered with Dorian, who I had met um, when she worked for Liz Dean at our old offices. Um, and I just, all right, I'm gonna back up one second. So, so the final season of Implant Sight was happening. Mary McCormick was pregnant with her third child, which was an unexpected pregnancy. So we pushed Implant Sight by like five months. So I wasn't going to have a show to work on for five months. And Eric was like, I'll look for another show. And I said, let me look and see if there's something out there. Um, Lisa Miller Katz needed someone on wedding band for the exact amount of time that I was down. So I went and did wedding band with her, which was only the second comedy that I'd ever done. Eric and I did one, but we are not comedy people. So it wasn't really our jam. We didn't, I mean, we did it and it turned out adorable, but you know, we don't know the comedy people. Yeah. Um, so I was like, comedy is really fun. And then when In Plain Sight ended, Lisa called me and said, do you want to do animal practice with me? Um, it just got picked up and I called Eric and I said, do we know what, like what's coming up next? And long story short, I went and did or animal practice with Lisa. It got canceled pretty quickly, but um, I decided comedy was for me. Um, and then I did a pilot with Anya Koloff that year, another comedy. And then Dorian and I, well, no, I picked back. Then I took a job at um, Turner for like five months. I was covering someone's maternity leave. Then I went back, did a pilot with Eric, and then partnered with Dorian. And the rest is history. It took a, took a little while for us to get like our first show. You know, it's hard for people to, even though Dorian had just finished six seasons of Parks and Rec and yeah really was like doing phenomenal work. It was, it was hard to like get those next jobs. And um, so Angel from Hell was the first pilot that we got hired to do and it got picked up to series. And then, um, and then Veep came along. And, you know, that was sort of, I mean, that was, that was amazing. Like I, I was home in Michigan when Dorian called me to say that um, she got a call when she was at yoga because we weren't working she got a call to come in and meet David Mandel. Um, and so I'm like, wait, are you calling to tell me that, that we're doing beef? And she's like, I'm calling to tell you that we're doing beef. And I was like, oh, oh my God. So <laughs> that was amazing. And then we did, then we got Idiot Sitter and we got um, Future Man. And, you know, it was like our, our baskets was still going. So, you know, oh. it was, it was great. I mean, there was, a time there last year where we had like four shows going at the same time two were finishing and two were one was like had a month ago and one was just starting but it was like it was literally sort of okay what do we crazy 
what do we do? So we didn't do a pilot last year, which was is sort of problematic now because now it's like our pilot didn't shoot this year. We were we were a couple of days away from them starting to shoot. Mm. We had all of our choices, and then you know, which pilot? Was it? Uh, it was um, crazy for you. Oh. It was it's super cute, and the cast was great. Okay, so let me ask you this question, and I'm, I'll open it up to everybody. But so I, I, I want to address a couple of things you just said. But so you had a pilot this year, and you cast yeah. it, yeah. and then what happened? So everyone got hired, and then everything was shut down, and then what happens? Um, Does it go back? Is it coming I mean, back? Does it? I don't know. We don't know. We haven't heard anything. Like honestly, um, our series regulars were all set. We had our choices for our three recurring guest stars, uh, and then they, initially they said we're going to shut down till the end of March because that was the initial like we're going to figure it out. Right. And then it's you know we're going to shoot at the end of April, you know, and now it's almost the end of. I mean, it is the end of May, so. I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to shoot it. So they, these people might have just gotten hired and everyone just gets hired. Do they get paid or is it different? They for should be paid. The series regulars, I believe, are going to get paid. I, I don't think they've been paid yet. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to pay them in, in steps, like half at the end of June and half at the end of July. Yeah. I think they're trying to figure it out right now, but... Um, you know, they order, NBC ordered a second script for all the pilots that they were doing. Um, I don't know if they're going to evaluate those and figure out, like, how do we, do we take a chance on a show and pick it up based on the second script or, you know, it's That's tough. what my question was, that you don't even know. This could get picked up without even the it normal... I mean, it seems so unlikely, but there was only, I think, only one pilot in, in all, of all the pilots that was done shooting when, pilot? I don't even know which one. I just know oh. that someone told, well, actually, it could have been a league of their own, which was done shooting, but oh. that one had started casting last fall. Yeah. So, you know, and the only reason I know they're done with that is because Darcy Carden was in that and her husband, Jason, was one of our executive producers. I remember when they were doing the movie, A League of Their Own. But that's another story. Anyway, but what I wanted to address is that you were saying that you had, you know, it, when you partnered with Dorian, you had all these other jobs coming on, just like actors. And I want to kind of break that barrier of the casting director and the actor. And it feels like it should be more fluid and one and not have that fear with each other. You know what I mean? Because actors want to please casting directors. Casting directors want the right actor to walk in. But how does a casting director go about uh, when you're interviewing for a job because do they just email you? What do you have to come back with? Do you have to read the script and give suggestions? What's the process? Um, yeah, so so Usually the studio will give the producers if the if a producer doesn't already have casting directors that they that they want to work with or that they have worked with before the studio might give them you know the resumes of like three different casting directors. So it's sort of about your relationship with those studios. And fortunately, we have a really good relationship, except for with CBS, because they fired us on a pilot like two years ago. But oh, wait, um, you can't just glaze over that. What happened? Um, they just didn't think that we were getting it done, although the, sh the pilot did get picked up and the cast that got picked up with it, more than 50% of it came from us. It was. It was that one, um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was one with Damon Wayans and Amber Stevens-West. Um, and it, it was called, 
I don't remember what it was called, but it did, like it did go and, and, um, and they didn't, because we took a second pilot and we didn't tell CBS right away. And, and uh -huh. we told them like a week later and they were, they were essentially, they were pissed about that. Mm. Um, and then they said that they were afraid we weren't going to be able to find this young rock star role. But, you know, the truth is we did find the young rock star role and, and, you know, whatever, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Like, <clears throat> but so CBS is the only one that like, I don't think would hire us again. Oh, well, I don't know. I think in anything I mean, in life. Will eventually, but they, but they won't yet. Right. That's okay. There's other places. There's so many other places. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. And I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, I, you know, after that, it's like, I don't want to work with them again. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a yes. good, it wasn't good. Right. But then also the, um, the, the people that are above that always changes those cycle of people that have a lot of the voices that changes. So yeah, you never yeah. know what's going to happen. So is there a lot of pressure? And then I'm going to open it up. Um, when you're casting a role, have there been times that you've been told what you vision it to be, right? And then the producers have their vision. Then you set up a session. And has this ever happened that as you've set up a session and actors are coming in, which, and then we'll talk about how it's going to change on Zoom auditions, um, mm -hmm. that they have uh, changed the whole concept, but you still have to do your session? Or do you cancel? Oh, yeah, that's happened. That's yeah. happened. I mean, <clears throat> when that happens, when something like that happens, it depends on when it happens. But if, but if say for example, it's on a pilot mm -hmm. and you know, we've set up a session and people have had the material for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> We're probably still going to read those people because I don't, and everybody's not the same, but, right. but like if you've been working on it for a couple of days, I just, unless I just don't have the time to like lose, I, I would probably still read people if you've been working on material for a, a couple of days. That's if it's like, well, but if, it, and if it's like, you just don't have the time and it's like the day before, and even though you've had it for a couple of days and I still have to read the right people for the role the next day, I probably will cancel if I've, if I've got enough time to cancel, but you know, it, it just depends. We try not to do that if people have had, just like we also try not to do same day appointments or, you know, stuff like at six o'clock on a Monday night to read you at 10 o'clock on Tuesday. I'm so glad, I'm so glad you say that because actors panic. A lot of the time they'll get a call at eight o'clock at night and then they have to work the next day and they don't have any time to work on it. So that is um, a kind thing that you do because a lot of the time actors don't have enough time to work on all their material. Do right. you take that into consideration when they come in? I mean, you know, we know, we know when we've given a short window of time and, mm -hmm. um, it, I mean, truthfully, it's like some people don't need a lot of time. Like they can, they can just get it. And it, it's fascinating to me, the people who are like, can come in and be off book on like, and this is more with drama than comedy, honestly, because drama sides are usually much more in depth. There's usually so many more pages of, of mm -hmm. material for dramas, but that can come in and be off book for like eight pages. Like that's fascinating to me. I don't, my brain doesn't work like that. And yeah. you know, I can be off book if I'm the reader and I've been doing the sides over and over and over and it's just been beaten into my brain. But you know, <laughs> other than that, I, I, I just, it's fascinating. But you know, 
the one thing that I would say is like, if you haven't had a lot of time, don't walk into a room and um, telegraph that. Like, like that's you walking into the room and saying, I'm going to be really bad. Like, uh, you know, don't, don't even put into anybody's mind, you know, or when you're self-taping now, because it's probably how it's going to be. Don't put into anybody's mind to even look for some sort of mistake. Like just go in there and do the best that you can and, you know, make your choices. And, you know, if you screw up somewhere, I mean, we don't care. It doesn't need to be perfect. And, and so that's like, do your best. Don't stop in the middle and say, can I start over? Like keep going. And we will have you do it again if it's if it's going to be harmful and we think that you've got what we're looking for. Like, you know, there's, it's, everybody's had the same amount of time. And so it's just like, don't point out what your flaws are going to be when you, when you walk into the room. Because that, that confidence. are going to look at it. So for you, particularly, because everybody's different. So if yeah. an actor starts off on the wrong track and they want to start again, you're suggesting just fly with it and don't ask? Well, it depends. Like, if it's just at the very beginning and you have, you're not more than halfway through the scene, like, if you just start it and, like, you're a couple lines in, you're like, I'm so sorry, you know, like, yes, that's fine. But, like, there's people who were almost, were, like, at the end of the, we're at the end of it and they're just, like, mess up one word or they've got one thing and they just oh. like, stop and say, can I start again? And it's like, first of all, that was a really good job up until then and you're like, like, there's been people, want people to apologize. No well, apologies. Well, it's also like, you might think it's wrong or you, but like, we might think it's great. And now you've just ruined that take as far as if we're taping it and we're going to send it on, like you've stopped and you haven't finished and we're not going to edit it and put it, you know, like, so, cause I mean, I've had people who have come in an audition before and they've called their agent when they're done and said, Oh my God, it was so terrible. Can I self tape? It's like, they're, they were great. I sent them on to producers. Like I told them in the room, it was a great job. Like some people just get in their own way. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. I have a million questions, but I wanted to do this for everyone out there. So, uh, let me put everyone on gallery view and, uh, Lily, do we have anybody that has a question they want to go right away? Yes, we do. Um, Melissa Ann Miller, you had a question and I'm going to unmute you now. Hi. Hi. Um, hi. What what do you think separates your successful clients from others? Oh, well, I don't have clients. So, you mean what uh, so from booking. I think actors from booking. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what separates? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what separates. Like cuz I'm not a I'm not a coach and so I'm not working with them separately. But I think that the people who walk in with um, like a clear vision of what they see the character as, like, you know, sometimes, sometimes something is written a certain way and then someone else comes in and they, they do it a different way than, like I've had that happen before where I've been reading all these people and all of a sudden someone comes in and does it differently and I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I didn't even think of it as being that way. And now that's the only way I can see it. So I think it's just coming in with the choice, coming in prepared, you know, not like sometimes people overthink things. And um, I think just, you know, 
I think just doing the work is what gets you there. And, and even, even if it's, even if you think you screwed it up, like if we have brought you in, we believe you can do it. Mm. So you should believe you can do it. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the bottom line. Like if we're, if we're audition, if we're reading you, we already think you can do it. Cause there's thousands of people who are submitted and we read 20. You know, I mean, that, not for series regular roles, but for, like, episodically, like, 20, probably. So when somebody comes into the room and does it a different way than the type that you're looking for, sometimes it's good. Yeah, if you've made a choice and it's an interest, like, if it's different than what we thought it was, we're like, oh, wow, that's mm -hmm. cool. Like, I didn't think that was, I didn't see it that way, but now I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who else? Thank you. Sure. All right. Next, I'm going to be calling on Becky Hayes. Becky, uh, you've unmuted yourself. Good job. Yes, I did. Uh, I'm an old hand at this Zooming thing. Hello. I, I can see you, Lily. I can't see her. Let's see. Who am I talking to? Where'd she go? I'm right here. Talking to her face. Okay. There's her face. Hi. Um, I have two questions, actually. The first one, I'm in um, like a self-tape perfecting class. And the theory that was presented to me is that there are three types of performances, three types of tapes. There's network, where you kind of stay a little conservative with your choices. And then there's like Netflix streaming, where you can get a little crazier and do some more artsy things with your tapes. And in cable, you can just go for it. What is your, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's way too complicated a way to think about self-taping. They should all, you should self-tape the same for everything and, and make your choice based on what the show is, not whether it's like, I disagree that like for Netflix, it could be crazier or artsier and for cable, it should be whatever. Like that's, it depends on what the show is and the feel yeah. of the show and the vibe of the show. So if it's something that is like a little, crazy or weird or goofy then go for it if it's you know if it's a network drama then you know like you should watch an episode of at whatever you're auditioning for before you tape yourself but i but i disagree a hundred percent that they're all different like they're not it's the casting directors are the same for netflix and cable and network they are just doing different shows and it's really looking for what fits into that world of the show. Okay, so, can I tell them you said that? <laughs> sure. Okay. I agree um, with you 100% because at the end of the day, it's all about the work, telling that story on that page. Yeah. Um, okay, a quick, if you're gonna do two questions, but just quickly because everyone gets one question. Okay, well, I can wait to be fair. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I'm as a disabled actor. I'm just wondering what um, your particular office is doing to be more inclusive with casting. Oh well, I mean, you know, we bring in. Well, first of all, I'm on the inclusion and diversity committee for CSA, and so I, you know, I've done all the open calls, and you know, I'm also on the CSA board, and so like I've been a big part of the training committee. Like one of our most successful assistant training for people is deaf and so and she's killing it like she is she, and it, she's doing great um 
we bring in, we've brought in a lot of transgender people just for roles that are not written specifically transgender. We try to bring in um, people with disabilities um, whenever we can. Like we, there was a role on V that was, that we ended up casting a deaf actress for. Um, it wasn't written as a deaf person and we're like, can she Ooh, be thank there? You. Sure, yeah. <laughs> But it's, but it's tougher because you have to have a translator in your auditions, um, a sign, you know, a person who reads sign or, you know, and then you have to have that person on set. And so it's just a, a little bit of an extra hoop to jump through and, you know. Right. And, Not and, all deaf actors have to have an interpreter. But, but legally, <laughs> we have to have one in the no, room. No, right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's. It, it, it's tough. Like for single parents in Blessed Smith, we were on the second floor of a building that didn't have an elevator. So like if we were ever to read someone who needed a wheelchair, had to have wheelchair access, we were going to have to figure out somewhere else to audition people. Um, we, we didn't ever have that, but if we, if we ever needed that, we would have figured out the accommodations for that. But, you know, I think that, I think that, everybody's getting better at, at um, just integrating everybody into just not just categorizing someone as hearing impaired or, you know, blind or transgender. I, we're, we're all trying to do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's encouraging. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Lily, who's up? We are going to go to Kate. Kate, I am unmuting you. Oh, I'm trying to unmute you. Lily is controlling it all. Yes, Lily, by the way, is fantastic. Let's give Lily applause. She runs all my classes. She's got it going on. If anyone needs help in the Zoom world, that's your girl. Okay, go ahead. I'm always happy to help. All right, Kate. Um, all right, Kate, you are unmuted. Go for it. Thank you. Hi, Sibby. Hi, Kate. I just wanted to know if you could speak to, or if you agree with even what a lot in the industry are saying about co-star and guest star roles diminishing as we adapt to the new Corona guidelines on set. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that anything, I don't think anything's been determined yet. I know that all of the guilds and all of the unions and stuff are, are meeting with the, with, you know, the AMTPT, and they're all trying to figure out how to safely get back to work. So I, I haven't heard anything that guest star and co-star roles would be diminishing um, as a result of COVID. I mean, <clears throat> the only thing that I can assume is going to happen is that we won't be having auditions in person for a while. I think that it's just going to be self-taped. So, I mean, I would strongly recommend that everybody get, you know, super skilled at doing self-tapes, but by the way, self-tape just on an iPhone works for us. Like, honestly, like turning it, but you have to turn it, you know, for um, landscape, not up and down. Um, but I, I haven't heard that. So, you know, hopefully that's not the case. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that creatively that anybody can like dictate um, how how storytellers are allowed to tell their stories. So I, I can't imagine that it's going to be mm -hmm. doing that too much. I, I, I hope not. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, that gives me some hope. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that would really, that would be a bummer and it would, it wouldn't be authentic storytelling for the 
storytellers if they're being told how they can express their art, you know? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Sure. Lily? All right, next up we have Savannah. Savannah, I'm unmuting you now. Hi. Hi. Um, so I was wondering, do you work with Atlanta agents and what can an actor do to get on your radar that they haven't gotten an audition from you before? Um, well, I, I mean, it, I'm sure that I have worked with Atlanta agents. Like, that, I mean, I, not on a regular basis, just because there's a lot of really talented casting directors in Atlanta. Um, and if there's something that's shooting in Atlanta, there will be a local <clears throat> casting director there to get the, the guest star or the co-star roles that are going to come from Atlanta. <clears throat> but I mean, I also have friends who have moved to Atlanta who are actors who are like, uh, you know, I got to go. It's more affordable for my family. And um, there's a lot of work there. There's a lot of really good work in Atlanta. And um, if there's, I mean, honestly, you just have to keep just plugging away. I mean, there's, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of actors that we haven't seen, but you know, everything that you do, you start like putting together a little reel. And if we're looking for like co-star roles and we haven't met you, we watch, we watch, we watch a lot of reels when we're going through co-stars, when we're trying to, you know, find someone maybe that we haven't seen or, you know, so, I mean, I don't know about everybody, but I know Dorian and I do try to, to read new people. And sometimes you're really crunched for time and, and you're not able to, but, um, you know, we, we do. We do do our best to try to read people that we haven't met before. And then, but I think her question was, how did she reach out to you from being an actress in Atlanta? How does she keep in contact if her agent, just through the agent and having the agent just bring attention to her? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. I mean, her agent could email a pitch. Um, if we've released it, something in Atlanta, like if it's a pilot, you know, we're open to all sorts of, I actually like talking to people on the phone, but I think that that's not going to happen as much as we're probably all going to be working from home for a little while. And so I don't know that I want every agent in the world calling and pitching to me on my cell phone, but, um, and not an office phone, but you know, we're, 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 oh, we, I, I'll talk to anybody if they call if we're not in session. <laughs> I, love it. I, I read the emails and, um, you know, we go through, all three of us will get the same email. And so one of us will mark it on the pitches so, or on the breakdown. So we, so I know it's been looked at. So like if it goes to Marlee Strain and myself, if I go, I look at the email later, I'll go to breakdown and it will be a six, which is our code to, it was a pitch because there's six numbers under your headshot on breakdown. So now you're in a category when we're starting to go through who we're going to read. You're in, you're in that category of people. Like the six is in there. And so that's how we end up reading people that we've not read before. Thank that's you. Yeah. I want to just shoot one thing because you said uh, we look at the reels. Now let me just ask this for everybody. What in your mind constitutes a good reel? Is it clips or is it an acting reel? Please tell us. Are you asking me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it clips or is it an acting reel? I don't know. What do you mean? 
Because a lot of times now I think actors are putting up an IMDb or submitting with just clips of their, a minute of their comedy and a minute of their drama or having an entire acting reel. Which do you? Uh, oh, I mean, if you have an entire acting reel, I want to see it. Like I don't need, like, if it's just, if all you have is a minute, uh, then I will watch that. But I don't need a musical montage. I don't need a big like opening bit. I just need to see the the scenes. And if there's, just a bunch of scenes that are the same. I don't need all of those. Mm. And if there's a scene that like someone is, you know, say you're working with Holly Hunter, but it's mostly Holly Hunter talking on your, your reel. I don't, that doesn't help you. Like I, I don't need to watch a long clip that's of the other person talking and it's your reaction. So it just needs to be um, you showcasing you and whatever, in whatever way that you have. Thank you. Yeah. Who's up? All right, I think with a, a sort of similar question to say on this topic, we've got Isla. Isla, I'm gonna try unmuting you. I know you were having mic issues earlier. Oh no, we cannot hear Isla, but. If I'm looking at the chat, if Isla wants to type her question. Okay, actually Isla typed her question to me so I could just read it for you. Great. Um, she says, how often do you call in new actors? and that you aren't familiar with and how might the act the fact that the actor is new to you affect their likelihood of getting the role oh well we don't we aren't the chooser of who gets a role the producers are so we are the we are the in control of who the producers see but the producers choose who they want so we will we will send on our favorites you know, after we've watched all of the auditions and, or all of the self-tapes or whatever it is, and then we will send our, it depends, you know, between five and seven. Sometimes there's like a few more because we just can't not send a couple other people. Like we're, we're like, oh, we're really sorry. We don't usually send you nine, but we just didn't, we couldn't cut anybody. Like, so, but we try, usually it's between five and seven that we send to the producers and i mean if they ask us who our favorite is we will tell them but um generally we we don't we don't um try to lead them somewhere i mean it we will if it's very clear to us in the room like occasionally there will be times where you go this is really who you should hire but th these are all the options but um because that's when your producers are not in the room with you. When your producers are in the room with you, you know, after the session, you can have conversations with them. And if they ask you, like, who did you like best, we'll tell them. But, you know, it's, it's really they choose. We are not the final say. Casting is never the final say. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Next, I believe our next person is Dora. Dora, I'm unmuting you now. Cool. Hi. Hi. Um, so my question is basically how that quick casting is moving away right now for a while for in-room auditions. And uh -huh. uh, I was wondering how it's going to change. Like when I send in a self-tape for like smaller projects that are just self-tape, um, you can't really get a redirect. Right. And do you think it's going to happen? Like you feel like, oh God, I think I really love her, but... I just want to see this approach. You're gonna, it's gonna happen like maybe you email back the agent. It's like that was awesome. Can she send in the tape? Well, you're not gonna have time for that. And then you're like, um, 
I mean, I think that it, I, I don't know how it's going to work yet. Like it could be, um, a zoom audition where we are actually recording and, and on live where we can redirect you right then and re-record it. But I, you know, and I know that breakdown is working on doing something like that with EcoCast and, okay. and, but there could also be where if everybody is sending self tapes and we see, say you send in a self tape and it's great, but it's, you know, just a little bit off, we will give redirection. Hopefully we can get a self tape back pretty quickly, gotcha. you know, with the, with the redirects, which I've done, we've done with pilots. I mean, when we're getting, you know, people going on tape in New York or Atlanta or something and with a pilot, we'll happily like say, listen, could they do it again? And just, change this or change that um yeah okay gotcha. since we're going to be all going to probably self-tape for the foreseeable future um mm -hmm. yeah we'll definitely have to be able to redirect like people you know that people might be really close but you know we'll see but i think so i think it'll be zoom or ecocast or some other way to actually redirect in the moment but you know unclear might be the only way that I'll ever see Jordan and Marlise again, too. Oh, I know, right? Oh, that would be so sad. I see them, yeah. No, you will. I have great hope. I, I mean, we will someday. I just don't know when. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh. Okay, Lily, who's our next? Oh, I see Shira. That's right, Shira. I believe you wanted to ask a question. I'm unmuting you now. Hi. Um. Uh, I'm based in Chicago, but I'm planning to relocate very soon. Um, by very soon, I mean, you know, with all this considered. Uh -huh. But uh, when I'm, I was wondering what, I feel like I have an understanding of how the agent casting director relationship works here, because it's just a really small network. And so there's definitely people who, whose clients get in and whose clients don't, because they are not maybe having the best relationship. What um, would you recommend for, since it's a, a much larger market and things like that, what kind of relationship do you expect to have with agents? And then also how can talent both like check in and make sure that the agent casting director relationship is strong to get those opportunities? And then also what should the actor be doing on our own end to maintain strong relationships for casting? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, everybody is different. Like <clears throat> there might be agents that I hate. First of all, I would never not see someone's client because I hate the agent. Okay. Um, I might not take the pitch phone call, but that doesn't mean I won't look at their submissions and I would take the email pitch. I mean, and there's only a handful. I mean, there's really only two that I really, really hate. Okay. So, <laughs> you know. Well, you can feel free. I mean, I'm looking for representation. So if you want to float some okay, names. So, yeah. If you want to give us those names for future yeah, no, reference. Because, because <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. They don't have those same relationships with everybody else. And like one of them is really, has a really good eye for talent. He's just, and he's gotten better, but he's just like, you know, goes off the, it's just weird. Like, yeah, it's like he's not taking medication or something. I don't know what it is. But, um, He's like an um, character from a movie. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like he's gotten better. I still don't speak to him, but um, <laughs> I think Marlise will. And, you know, it just is like, it's just, there's something, there's something a little off with him. But anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, everybody is different and everybody's opinion of agents is different. And um, so, you know, there's not, there's not like, 
the market is much bigger. So I don't, I, and I don't know exactly how the Chicago market works. And like, if, if some people won't see clients of certain agents, I mean, that makes me sad, but you know, um, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you have a manager or anything there? Um, I have an agent here, but there it's not a great relationship. So I'm also, I've been looking for a new representation here as well. Because uh, I was going to say, like, I'm we not, don't really have managers in Chicago. There's maybe two, but they, they're not really like, they don't really have it, the impact that they would in a market like LA. Right. Well, I mean, my, I, first I would say like, um, you know, talk with your agents in Chicago about looking for maybe a manager in LA or something that, so that they could co-represent you. But if it's not a good relationship, I mean, I don't really know. Sherry, I mean, I, I don't really, um, that's not really my, my, your jam. I mean, you're, you're yeah, really my side of the business is like, yeah. you know, a lot of times, like if you get into an acting class out here and you, those, you meet the people there and you can, you know, they can tell you who they're with and how they did it. And, you know, it, like there's just different ways that you can get, get, yeah. At the end I, of the day, yeah. At the end of the day, in any market, you have to connect to the right agent or manager that's going to work for you. That's, yeah. you know, and you have to socialize and be in the community of other artists and who yeah. they're with and they can recommend. and. That, that goes on and on. But as, as your job as a casting director, you're not on that side. Your job is just to right. bring in people that you think the essence. And, and I, let me just ask you this. So you choose, if you don't know these actors, their headshot must be rather important. Yes, that's yeah. going to grab you. So yeah. let's talk about that. It has, headshot. Be, it, has to be, it has to be what they look like. Like it just has to be what you look like. Like I don't really care if your hair is longer or shorter, but if your hair is blonde now and it was red in your headshot and now you're a hundred percent blonde all the time and that's how, who you are, like, but you're, but uh, like the role is, is redhead and your headshot is, or vice versa. Like if I've called you in for something that you aren't anymore, don't, please don't come in. Like, Call, you could call and say to your agent or your manager, like, I don't have red hair anymore. I have, those are old headshots. Like, you know, should I still go in? You're, they will probably tell you yes, but truthfully, no. Like, if you're not what it is, like, mm-hmm. that's not something that they're going to change because a blonde came in instead of a redhead. Like, mm-hmm. like that's not the choice that could be made that's going to change the way they see it. Like, you know. But so your headshot's very important. Yeah. What do you respond to in the headshot? Do you like it closer up? I've seen headshots come across that people show me that it's mostly their body and a tiny head, and I'm like, where's your face? What's your... Um... I prefer it just the face. Like, I don't need to see the whole body. And I also don't... I never need anybody spending a bazillion dollars to get a bunch of different, like, charactery looking headshots. That's more of a commercial casting thing, I think, but... Like, I don't need a picture of you as a police officer, a picture of you as a doctor, a picture of you as, like, you know, like, if you get called in for a doctor or a nurse or a police officer, you can come in with, like, an outfit that sort of looks like what that uniform is. You don't need to come in in with a stethoscope and a doctor's lab coat or whatever. Like, you don't need to spend that kind of money. You can 
buy clothes that resemble, you know, like I, I just, I don't, I don't want people to go out and spend a ton of money to come in and audition for a, a role and they don't have to buy a lot of stuff yeah, to do it. the essence, just give the essence. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, Miss Lily, what do we have? All right, next up, Lisa Lafayette, I believe you had a question, I'm unmuting you now. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Um, hello. I'm uh, here in Los Angeles, and actually a lot of my questions have already been answered, so good job, guys. Um, I will try not to repeat myself because I know you guys hate that. Um, so I'll stick to the headshots, if you will. So um, I'm half black and half Latina and you know, the size of a hobbit, um, but when I um, do, because women of color particularly, we change our hair quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so like if I have extensions, my hair looks down to here and then I look more Latina. Um, if I put in braids, um, I, I had a read for a really popular show. They wanted a drug dealer. So I went full Queen Latifah jail braids. Uh -huh. um, do you mind seeing, and I know this is not a definite. Like a hairstyle change is fine. Like, okay. like your headshot could just be the, like essentially who you are. But I like, like the braid, like those are just choices that you're making, just like a costume sort of choice. Like, but it's not like your hair isn't blonde now, and skin, like that would be a difference. Mm. But like a hairstyle, that's also just choosing to be what the role is. Like, yeah, I don't mind a, a hairstyle change. Okay, because I, I mean, I hear. Okay, because I hear a lot of casting directors, and I know that this is not set in stone. This is merely your choice and opinion, so I am taking that into effect. Um, um, so, uh, can I ask another question, Sherry? Okay. Would that be okay? To so go back to the clips versus reels, because I kind of didn't get quite the answer. So, I've been told by so many casting directors that it's easier for them to look at a clip. So, like, if you're looking for a comedic clip, which would be like Shira and myself, I've got comedic clips and then I have comedic sketch clips and then I've got a drama clip. Is that easier for you to look at than going, let's look at this reel? Oh, and now I just finally actually got that question. Because what you meant is like a reel of like your comedy clips and your drama clips. Yes, mm -hmm. I do like that that way. I do okay. like it that way. Yeah. Okay. Thank right. you. I just understood the question. Like, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking was, but yes, I do like it broken apart like that. It's Thank super you. That as a comedy casting person, I don't need to see the drama stuff. Right, that's what I want. Okay, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. Thank you. For Thank you. Let me, just, let me lift off on that, Lisa. For, this is just for the actors. So, if actors are not, they haven't been on a show, which do you prefer? A well-done clip from a class scene that they've worked on from television, or they've hired a, a place where they may write, uh, you know, your own, they write the scenes and they film it? I don't like either one of those things really. Like, like it's sort of like people just sending self tapes for other projects that I don't know what the project is. Mm. It's not really that helpful. Um, so like if someone doesn't have any clips at all, I, I'm, I am okay with that. Like I, I will still consider them, but it, as far as like- But what if they ask, like the agent says, you have to, we have to submit something visually. On video, which do you, if you had to have a choice, does it matter to you? Because I know some casting directors um, laugh at those uh, at those places where you hire, pretend that you're in a show. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't want someone to spend the money to hire a place to to tape that. Like, I'm not all about actors who are trying to get work spending 
their money on something like that, which I'm sure is not cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess a good self tape for something would be better, but I, but I don't like either one. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. Thank you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I, but uh, bottom line is I don't want someone spending hundreds of dollars to go to some place that's going to shoot something like it's a show mm -hmm. and it, you know, I just, it's not, it's not necessary, basically. I don't want them to spend that money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Feelings yeah. about uh, Governor Newsom restarting the, some of the counties in California for filming, uh, possibly on Monday. I did, you broke up there a little bit, so I, could you repeat that one for me? Sure. It might what be mine. It's a little. Okay. Uh, what are your feelings about Governor Governor Newsom restarting some counties in California for the filming industry on Monday? I hadn't heard that, um, and yeah. I don't know that that's true, just because I know that in, not until all of the unions and the producers um, association of motion picture television, until they all agree on how to safely get actors and crew back on set, I, as far as I know, nothing is starting. I, that is news to me, but I would be happy to know if we're getting back to work, but... I don't, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. Yeah. So possibly uh, 53 out of the 58 counties. Who said well, that? Not for, not for shooting, not for producing television and film. Like, uh -uh. I mean, it, they may be opening stuff, but the, the like Teamsters, Directors Guild, you know, all of the, all of the unions, all of the, the professional unions, they are working with, with the studios to try to figure out how to go back safely. But until they do, until they all agree, we won't be back. Okay. I don't you. think anything will start shooting until at least September. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Agreed. Let me just interject. My neighbor is the showrunner for Shameless, and she we were just we went on an hour walk yesterday, and she discussed. Nobody knows anything. They're writing everything. They're having everything ready, but there's so many obstacles to jump over before anything can go into production. Yeah. Like the writers' rooms are all happening, and they're all happening virtually. So everybody's like in a Zoom writers' room, and they're all trying to move forward, hoping that um, it will happen. But you know, no one knows how that will happen. You've got a lot of interesting neighbors, Sherry. I do. You know, across the street from me is Harry Bring, who was the executive line producer for Criminal Minds. Uh huh. Diagonally, the producer of um, oh my God, the other. Ah, CSI. Okay. Which CSI? Huh? Uh, the first, the original. The line okay. for the original. Okay. And then in the corner was NCIS, uh, one of the producers. Next to me, yeah, it's crazy. And the other side is, you know, the LA Film Academy. I'm just surrounded. I have a great street, I do have to say. Are you in where, Sherman Oaks? I'm in Studio City. Okay. I'm right near Aroma Cafe. Don't Got come stalk me, anybody. That's where I am. Got yeah. it. <laughs> Okay, let's do a couple more questions. Thank you so much, by the way, Sibby, for doing this. It's really, really, I hope it's refreshing for everybody and interesting. I'm sure it's interesting and intriguing because to have this, you know, it's a really rough time now, but to have this come out of it and these, these connections that actors get to make, um, I just jump for joy because as an acting coach, I want everyone to succeed and it is all about connections. A hundred percent for you as a casting director, and for actors in their world. Yes? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Cecilia. Cecilia, I'm unmuting you now. 
Where's Cecilia? I don't Hi. know. Hi. Um, do you see me? Yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, hi. Uh, I would like to ask, I'm a Swedish actress, and so I wonder if I send you my showreel and I only have Swedish scenes but English subtitles, would you like, because now you said that you don't like it, like the own self-tape scenes but right. is it helpful to also add an English like monologue or is it okay with just an English presentation? Well I mean as, yeah. if, as long as you can speak English I, I but your only stuff on your reel is in Swedish I will watch something with subtitles because I can still get a sense of how of your acting it might be helpful to do like a a slate or something to to put if your if your agent or manager is is submitting you on breakdown like you could have your your reel and that you could have a slate that is just you saying your name and you know maybe a little something about you in English so I can hear your English and see if it's going to be a problem or not cuz you know mm -hmm. it could be if it's too accented it could make a difference but I don't mind watching subtitles if that's all that you've got, but knowing that you can speak English is super helpful. Like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, so, but it's fine with just having like um, English or a slate. Just- yeah, that would be, I mean, that would then at least yeah. show me that, um, that it's not, that you just don't speak Swedish, that you can also speak <laughs> Oh, my phone keeps ringing. Thank you. Sure. By the way, um, I just hired to be on set in Malmo, Sweden, in de in December. It's incredible there. It's just incredibly beautiful. Awesome. Just incredible. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I made it before. Wow. I made it before you know COVID. Um, okay. Yes. Let's have one more question, please. All right. It looks like our last question we're going to have time for is Tracy. Tracy, I am unmuting you now. Hi. Hello. So I recently did a, a, a casting director workshop uh, a few weeks ago and they talked about or he talked about some personal pet peeves that he had about actors walking into the room. Um, okay. And I just wondered uh, what your um, sort of pet peeve is when somebody comes in and on the flip side, um, do you have anything memorable that they did something and you were like, wow, I'm so glad that actor did that, you know, that set them apart. Um, like, what do you um, recommend, you know, that you want us to do that we don't right now? Well, I mean, everybody is different. So it, there's, I, I couldn't possibly go like what I would want you to do that you, that people don't do now because everybody does different things. I mean, my pet peeves are like chewing gum, too much cologne. And a lot of times what will happen is like someone is a smoker and they're wanting to mask the smoke smell, but then it's just like the it's cologne and smoke smelling combined. <laughs> so it's it's just a lot. And I mean, there's a couple people where we've had to like stop after they left and air the room out a little bit because it's just you know it's a lot. Um, so the gum and the cologne are my two biggest pet peeves. And um, you know, I I I I think that just everybody has to just come into the room and do the best that you can. Like that's, 
it's sort of like what I started off saying, like, I just, you know, don't ever come in like apologizing for what you're about to do because then I'm going to just look for it to be wrong. Um, don't like, I, I just don't, I, I ha actually had someone once who had like all these notes written on the back of his sides, like when he, and he did a really good job, but like, it was like, it was like a manifesto on the back of his sides. And when he left, the producer was like, I feel like he might murder us when, because of, because he looked so crazy. So like, I, I told all of his reps, I'm like, he just needs to come in with some clean sides. Like, I don't know if he thinks that makes him look like he's put in a lot of work and so he wants to leave it there, but they just thought he looked like a serial killer. And Andy did a great job. Mm. And his managers were like, that is the best note that we've ever gotten like for someone. And so now, and, and he works a lot, this actor, and he stopped doing that. So you're welcome. Um, and then <laughs> just like, you know, I don't, I, I, I mostly just don't want people to come in projecting that they don't think they're prepared enough. Like, I just think that you just go in and do the best you can and hope, I mean, there are going to be some people that are going to be, um, like they're going to, they're going to be critical no matter what, but they're just critical people like casting directors and everybody's different. Like it's just, I really I'm letting me interject a quick question on that. So if a character, if someone's walking in and that character that has an accent, do you feel like you want the actor to walk in that way or to be themselves first, have a little conversation and then do it? That's, that's their call. Like okay. I've had actors before who um, they'd prefer to just come in and do the scene because they, they, they're in a place, they're ready to go and they don't want to chitty chat because they want to just do their thing. And, and when they're done, they're happy to talk. Um, um, so it's, it's really up to the actors. Like if, because I mean, I, I've had a couple of times where people come and say, can I just come in and do the scene? Because I, you know, I, I'm in that right place. It's like, yes, absolutely. Come in and do it. And then when they're done, they'll chat. And that, and like, I've had people come in, mostly Australians, who will come in and they'll be in character. They'll stay in character. They may chat a little bit, but they're not, they're not using their Australian accent. And then when they're done, they'll say something and you'll be like, wait, are, are you Australian? And they're like, yeah, it's like, oh, very good accent. So, okay. so it depends. Yeah, oh, it depends. So it depends. Whatever the actor wants to do. But let me ask you, because I was an actress in the old days, but when if you had, like, to come in and they wanted a heavy New York accent, but that's not your natural accent, there's a little, um, sometimes if you walk in with it and then you leave with it, they don't think it's a, not a good accent. They believe you. But it's your call. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to come in and do it. I would, I would stop doing the accent after the audition is done and say thank you. And, but a lot of times we know what someone's accent is too. Like, well, and, and so it, it just, I mean, honestly, it just depends. Some people can just come in and speak in their natural accent or dialect or whatever. And then they can do the scene and you're like, wow, that was so great. And then they switch back off. But not everybody has that switch that they can, they can do it so easily. So if they want to do it, you know, if whatever they need to do, we're fine with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's good to know. Like, of course, I think you should switch when you're done, at least for a second, so the people in the room can know what a good job you just did. But um, 
but you know, it, again, you don't have to come in. You can come in doing it or not. It's. Mm -hmm. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Before we close out, because I do believe on positive reinforcement, what is one positive piece that you can give to these actors who have tuned in today about staying in the belief and the pursuance of their career? Well, truthfully, I mean, like I said, sort of at the beginning too, like any actor that we bring into audition, we believe they can do the job. Um, and so like, know that if if we've requested a self-tape or we've called you in in person someday again um that we think that you can do it so don't doubt yourself and you just have to keep doing what you're doing working with sherry you know doing you know your your self-tape classes or whatever despite the fact that i think that they're telling you a lot of stuff that isn't funny right but um that's their that's their call and um I just, you just have to keep working on your craft. And in this like time, especially where we're all stuck at home, um, you just keep working on your craft and, and you will get better. It's like a muscle that you have to keep flexing and you have to keep like feeding it more knowledge. And, you know, it's just like the more you work at it, I feel like the better you'll get. And, and, ultimately like i also feel like with acting you you have to be passionate about it or it it can be really tough like if you're not passionate about it then you should you know be an accountant or something because like there's no so much more than yes mm -hmm. you know it's it's and it's no that you have no control over mm -hmm. where it's just it's subjective like our side is pretty subjective and I could be in the room and, and Dorian and I could be both in the room and we both think it's some, you know, this person is going to get the role and then we send it on to producers and they don't even have a second word about the person that we thought was great. But what they're seeing and what we're seeing, it's different. Like everybody feels differently about it. But if you're passionate about it, then you have to, then you should just, you know, keep going. If you're not, then, you know. Get out. <laughs> It's hard. I mean, it's really hard. It's hard to be an actor. It's it so a lot. Yes, it is. So, guys, let's applause together. Thank you so much. You're for, welcome for coming. For really, it's special and it means a lot to me. And I'm getting the I see messages, people thanking me, and and thanking you. And you are all welcome. So stay, <laughs> stay studying, stay training, and you know what? Stay connected and make as many connections as you can. And truthfully, honor who you are most and infuse that into the work because that you are your money. Sibby, thank you so much. You're welcome. No problem. Thank you. All right, bye, everybody. Bye, bye, bye everybody. Thank you.